سلام خوش آمدید مرحبا اهلا و سهلا اناشنیکا خوانیگامیدا سلام علیکم شوراغلاد اولام بینبینیدوس زدراستوچی دبرو پاجالوچ هلو ویلکم تو اور پادکاست دیلای اف ال سی لینگو مایکل جوردن هاز ا گریت کوت اباوت هاو منی تایمز هیز ثرون اند میسد سمثینگ لایک 9000 تایمز دت هیز ثرون یو نو اند میسد ا میسد ا باسکت But like he's he's known as the greatest, right? MJ, oh, oh he did it! And it's because he was okay. He practiced. He got out there. He let himself fail, and he was okay with it. He got out there. He let himself fail, and he was okay with it. It doesn't matter where you are in life. Learning to fail well is a skill at any age. No matter what you do or where you go in life, making mistakes or flat out failing, it's just a given. Everyone has to face it at one time or other, usually on the regular in small ways, occasionally in very big, painful ways. It's not a question of if, but when. What is important is how you choose to deal with it. When we talk about failure as a good thing, it feels like we're being counterculture, especially in the military, where on any given day you might hear failure isn't an option. I think it's important to define what I mean by failure is good. I don't mean failure as in not putting in an effort, and I don't mean a half-hearted attempt to make things work. I mean giving it your all and not accomplishing your task. Learning to be okay with failure is an integral part of resiliency. Sergeant First Class Matthew Peterson explains why this part of resiliency is so important for students. It's really it's a great lesson to take for language because so often students like me they're so reserved and they don't want to say it unless they know they're going to be right um but you miss out on so many opportunities to practice speaking um and to be corrected and then go okay well I'll get it next time Matt has been on DLI FLC Lingo before if you didn't get the chance to hear his story Matt came through DLI twice as a student learning Pashto he later got to use his language and intel skills as a ranger There was something Matt said when we first talked that completely resonated with me. He talked about how being okay with failing was incredibly important in his ranger training. So ranger school is almost like setting up like a situation that's more or less insurmountable. They slowly add more and more stressors to you to get you used to kind of like dealing with stress in a leadership position. And so as I was in the course, it was that first time where I kind of like realized I don't like being spotlighted. and they they'd be like okay who wants to take on the squad leader role as we we do these walkthroughs and I'm like I don't want to do it cuz I don't know what I'm doing I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch I'm going to see what other people do and then I got recycled um I failed I got a couple no goes and I failed that first phase recycled into the second phase second time around when they started asking for for volunteers I just raised my hand I it was this like like epiphany that I had had that the only way I'm going to learn and the only way I'm going to get better is to get out there and do it and everyone else here is probably just as ignorant on what needs to be done as I am so I might as well take a chance get out there up front make an idiot of myself and then let them correct me that lesson will stick with me a lot more than watching someone else do it I'm a very pragmatic person I'm a very introspective person I like to plan things meticulously um uh, when I was a student here the first time I was really terrible about speaking cuz I think with a programmer's mind so I would go okay well this you know it needs to be subject object verb what's my subject what's my object is my object agree with my verb you know like all of those things I'm like okay is this obliqued 
um, you know, okay, it's past tense. Is it a transitive, intransitive verb? And I would make all those things perfect. And then by the time I was ready to say it, like we were, we were on something else and I would just, I would never get that practice. Right. And that's, that's just like, that's not how you get good at a language. And it wasn't until I was in ranger school, um, like I said, I don't like being spotlighted. So when I'm wrong, like that sticks with me. It's a, it's a hard lesson. Um, and so I don't know, like once that happened, everything clicked and I started like doing really well. And I went from, you know, really low peers to really high peers because I was just screwed. I'll be out there. I'll make the mistake. And, you know, if, 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 if things go bad, I'll figure it out and I'll, I'll fix it. Um, and I, I think that's kind of what Ranger School taught me. Um, and then moving forward, I, I just apply it to everything now. Um, not to say that I don't do my due diligence and make plans and, you know, and do my, uh, do my part as an NCO to like, to prep things ahead of time. It's just understanding that like, sometimes you're not going to know all the answers, you know, ask, seek advice, but, but there's a time where you just kind of got to get out there and, and take a risk and be okay that you might fail. Failure doesn't, is not a reflection on who you are as an individual or you, it's not a metric of success. Let me repeat that again, because I think it's important. Failure isn't a reflection of who you are as an individual, and it's not a metric of success. You know another place where it's scary to fail? DLI. So I entered... uh late into the Navy. I was 30 by the time I joined, so I got to DLI halfway through my 30s. This is John Smith. We've changed his name to protect his privacy. You know, all my indicators coming in, my D-Lab scores were high, my ASVAB scores were high. I had completed successful programs in colleges, so when I walked in, everybody looked at me as like the number one hitter, supposed to have a top GPA in class. I'm supposed to be able to do it. I was borderline administrative action my entire time here at DLI. I was one test away almost every modality, every semester of not being here. John came back to DLI a few years ago, along with several other graduates, to talk to teachers about their experiences as students. I wound up getting a one plus two on my first DLPT here. Um, I was lucky enough to get post-class, and in post-class, the teachers there gave me the freedom to learn the way that I needed to learn. And that kind of opened it up for me to like develop my confidence in the language. And I had a mentor that's like, no, you know the language, you know this. And I wound up leaving with a 3-2 plus. It's not a time issue, it's not a not caring issue, it's not any of those things, it's just it takes us a while to ramp up, but once we get there, we can surpass those milestones. And those students, especially myself, needed people to be like, no, you have this. And once I decided that I had it, then I passed with flying colors. John had the courage to get up and keep trying, test after test, semester after semester. Even when he didn't pass DLI the first time, he didn't let that failure stop him.
Why is it that getting up after failing is so difficult? And for that matter, why is it so difficult to take that step out in the first place? Much like that Michael Jordan quote in the beginning, Sergeant First Class Alyssa Closer says it's because we only see when other people around us are successful. We don't see how often they failed. You don't know how many failures happened before those people achieve this success, right? And the reason for that is because we have a lot of, we call it secrecy and success, where it's very public if we fail. A lot of times, the big failures are public. The times that we reach out and get help before we fail or leading into our success, we don't advertise them. Like personally for me, I've gone to marriage counseling and still married, right? No one sees that on, we don't walk around with sign above our head that we went to counseling. We, uh, I go to counseling for myself for previous trauma. There's no, I got counseling tab, right? You don't put a tab on your sleeve that says I got counseling. Um, and I think that that's hard for people who don't see that. Like it's hard to know when you're in the thick of it and needing assistance that other people got assistance. So that's like the secrecy and success. We just see them when they're like thriving, they're doing a good job or they're like tanking, right? And they can't hide it good enough. Alyssa does MRT or military resiliency training. She was just recently here at DLI for a two-week course, teaching our military leaders how to teach their younger service members resiliency. Real life doesn't have filters walking around for us, right? This highlight reel that we live in that's become our reality. I think that's really the problem with the fear of failure is like we live in this, this virtual world of perfection. We're not afforded the opportunity to feel like it's okay. I see this, um, you know, with the DLI soldiers, they're struggling with these tests and learning this very complex foreign language. You get asked questions and you're expected to speak fluently and <laughs> you're like, everybody's gonna know, I don't know what I'm talking about. So what is a DLI student supposed to do? Jonathan Gaidosh, dean of the Persian Farsi School, has his own insight into that. When he was a freshman in college, Jonathan placed into the advanced German course. He'd been a star in his high school German classes, and he was excited to be going into his sixth year of learning. Only, it wasn't what he was expecting. But I show up the first day, and it's a small class. I think there were about eight students there. Uh, and, but I, and I do think six of the other students were, uh, were heritage speakers. Um, who, who spoke German at home with their parents or other relatives. And so, of course, that meant that their, their spoken German was, was remarkable. And my German, not having never had any opportunity to actually at that point to visit Germany, and I just learned it in, in school from eighth grade books. At that point, I had five years of, of, high, of, of middle school and high school German. Uh, and I got a five on the AP exam, and you know, so I, I, I was I was a good good student by an objective measure, not just by my my high school, right? But it was very intimidating because there you're thinking I can't talk like them, I can't do that. Um, and I, I, at one point I thought, well, maybe I should go to the 
to my advisor and say I should really be in, in the, the the course behind because maybe that would be a better place for me because it, it would I would have felt more comfortable. He didn't end up giving up. Instead, he took the class. In fact, he discovered he could hold his own because while the other students had what they call kitchen language, meaning they had learned the informal way of speaking, Jonathan had formal training. He knew all the grammar, the spelling, the mechanics of writing. When the first paper came, there was a lot of markup and a lot of suggestions, but also uh, I was able to say, hey, I can actually do some of this well and do what I need to do. And, and so I ended up doing fine in the course, and I continued as a, as a German major um, at Georgetown and, and was able to succeed in that. I went on to graduate school for German, and so I, clearly it didn't stop me from what I was doing, and it was the better place to be in that more challenging advanced course. Jonathan also has a different point of view when it comes to the students. He says a large part of it comes down to perspective. Well, one thing to think about is that even a big fish is a small fish in the ocean. So when you're in a little pond, you can be doing really well and, and, and comparing yourself to other fish, there's no one better around, but you get out into the bay and then into the ocean and you, you discover that there's, there's sharks uh, and whales and other things that are bigger than you. Some of the, one of the hardest parts of, of my job uh, is sitting on the academic attrition review boards. We've got students that are in academic jeopardy and looking at options, whether they retain or stay in their course, whether they go back to a, a, an earlier course, uh, or whether they get disenrolled and leave the program. And they did pretty well in, in high school, and they never really had to work very hard uh, in high school. So oftentimes we see students um, who maybe came from areas where they were that big fish in the small pond. Um, and they didn't have to work that hard and got their A's and B's. And, I, and you know, I think that's it's a good thing to realize a matter of perspective. I think that we often, we compare ourselves against what we know, which is natural. Uh, but we, we forget about the things that we, that we don't know. Almost everyone I've interviewed on the topic of resiliency has brought up this one concept, perspective. It's a tough thing to have if your life experience isn't very broad. It's also difficult when you're deeply mired in your problems and all you can see is how you failed. That is exactly the time you need to ask for help. It is not easy. It takes a kind of vulnerability to admit that you can't do it on your own, that you failed. It takes courage to admit it and then courage to ask for help. If we have a belief that soldiers don't fail, when we have trouble and we need to reach out for help, will be misaligned with our belief and what our reality is. And that's, that's a tough spot to be in. I think that's where the armor comes in with the military, where we, we put up this front that we're tough, we're squared away, and inside we can be scared to death. If you're lucky, you're gonna spend your life failing. Not at everything and not every day, but failure means you've tried. It means you gathered your courage and you put yourself out there. It means you're trying new things and you're picking yourself up and trying again and again. I think that's why the man in the arena quote from Teddy Roosevelt is so powerful. It's an image of 
well, it's an image of a badass who shows incredible courage by willingly putting themselves out there and fighting. They don't know whether they'll win or lose, but as Teddy Roosevelt said, they will never be with those cold and timid souls who will neither know victory nor defeat. <laughs>